Welcome to the BAM series. My name is Cole and I am an addict. My sobriety date is June 26, 2019. On the BAM series, we are practicing the therapeutic value of one addict helping another addict. The stories and opinions shared are ours and not influenced by any political, religious, or law enforcement groups. We talk about all pathways to recovery and accept everyone on any level that they are at. Good evening and welcome to the BAM series. My name is Cole and I am an addict. My clean day is June 26, 2019. Tonight on the show, once again, we have... I am Katya and I am an addict. My clean date is June 17th of 2018. How are you doing tonight, Katya? I am doing so great, Cole. Thanks so much for having me again. Heck yeah. Always glad to have you on the show. So tonight, um, we were actually looking at like the Daily Reflection and the Just for Today Forum, uh, Narcotics Anonymous and Alcoholics Anonymous, and neither of them actually resonated with us. So we're just going to kind of banter back and forth on... We're just, just going to spitball. Spitball recovery at you guys, so... Um, so the thing, that, the thing that's been coming up, I think, for me lately is sponsorship. Um, you know, I'm transitioning through my relationship with my own sponsor and then um, kind of looking at the way that I sponsor other women and it has left left me wondering um, you know what what does the role of a sponsor actually look like like what are what's expected of me when I sponsor women um, I reflect back on the way that I really leaned on my sponsor through early recovery you know um, they guided me through all of my hard decisions they taught me how to handle my emotions but I don't know that that's the way that I sponsor other women um I feel like I'm more maybe assignment driven or you know supportive but less inclined to give advice um through my recovery um, you know, I went through a period where I was like telling all of my friends what they needed to do with their lives and, you know, it really took on a lot of their burdens on myself and that, that did not end up working out very well and it put strain on my friendships. So I had to recognize that, um, I can't micromanage people's lives just because I feel like my opinions are the right decision does not mean that they are. And so it, it just leads me to wonder, I mean, or just think about, you know, the nature of sponsorship and how that'll show up differently in every single relationship with people. Um, what about you, Cole, and your so, experience? <laughs> in my experience, uh, so when I met my sponsor, I was at a Cocaine Anonymous meeting at a fellowship hall. And I was looking for a sponsor, and someone had mentioned, find someone who you feel like you are not going to get along with, and someone that you do not think that you would ever vibe with. And so when my sponsor showed up, um, she, and I have a female sponsor, um, when I first met her, uh, I was still identifying as a uh, female, um, and so that's why she took me under her wing, but throughout my personal life in my transition, she's uh, adapted to working with a male sponsee. But anyway, she got up there and said, 
the phrase that I will always hold dear to my heart, and it is, the recovery fairy isn't going to come and bop you on the head and you're not going to be cured. You actually have to work a mm-hmm. program. And that resonated with me so much because I was expecting once I got sober, I would magically be cured, everything was going to be fine, life would be great. And so I asked her to sponsor me. And I had to call her for 30 days. And in those 30 days, I feel like the most traumatic, crazy things were happening. Mostly because like I was going through a super toxic relationship. I was still living in a trap house. I had just gotten fired from working at a bar uh, downtown Salt Lake City. And like my life was literally getting crushed around me. And I called her on every single thing. And 90% of the time she didn't answer mostly because she wanted to show that I had the consistency of like trying to build a relationship with her. Um, now, almost a year and a half later, my mine and her relationship has blossomed into, I can call on her when I don't know where to go. And she gives me that hard advice that sometimes I don't want to hear. I want to hear her t- boost my ego up, tell her that I'm, or tell me that I'm right and have her tell me that all of my problems revolve around me and I'm the center of attention, this, that, the other. But in the fact of the matter is she'll tell me exactly what is happening. She'll tell me that I need to get out of my own skin. I need to stop being so egotistical and the world isn't that bad. I'm just having one minor inconvenience and the world is still gonna move on. Um, so what I do with my sponsees is I don't ever want to make them feel that I'm giving them advice or telling them what to do, uh, but I'm definitely a huge believer in making them call me or text me 30 days uh, so that I can build that rapport in that relationship so that they can call on me whenever something traumatic is happening. Um, and I've also, I work in the treatment facility and I, I noticed myself doing the same thing that you said is trying to dictate dictate other people's recovery. And no one's gonna listen to you when you say, you need to do this, this, and this. Yeah. No one's going to listen to you, period. They're just going to do the exact opposite. So something that I've learned to do is like try to build goals with them. So for example, you have someone who's in a relationship and they're trying to get sober. The other person is still actively using and you try to work with them and saying, okay, maybe you should set goals and boundaries with your partner and see what happens and try to like make those goals for them so that they can achieve so that they they want to either get out of the t- toxic relationship build it or uh just kind of like ne- make them feel like they're navigating their questions and their life problems so that's kind of like what i do you just made me think of <clears throat> um so when i was in treatment right the, the main suggestion was get a sponsor and um, staff at the treatment center didn't really go into more detail about that. So I thought, okay, I just need to get a sponsor and then everything will be okay. You know, they'll, they'll figure it out for me. Um, so I asked someone to be my sponsor and she's like, Hey, call me every day. And I called her for a couple days and I was like, well, this is really awkward. I don't want to keep doing this. <laughs> and, uh, so then I got out of treatment, you know, the suggestion was still get a sponsor. So I found another woman and asked her to be my sponsor, but, um, I still didn't, feel comfortable calling her on a regular basis or or you know I didn't I didn't have a lot of overlap with her she didn't I didn't really go to the meetings that she did a lot um and so I bounced around a few different sponsors before I settled on my home group and there was one gentleman actually who had this really really captivating dynamic personality that I gravitated towards and he just seemed like he fit in you know he was comfortable in recovery 
he had friends, he had relationships, and um, you know, he just seemed like somebody who got it. So then I asked him to be my sponsor, and he had been my sponsor for a year and a half, and he's the one who got me through all of my hard times. And then I decided that I wanted to do some more work, you know, through the Guiding Principles book of Narcotics Anonymous. And I knew a woman who I had become friends with in the program who was really, really, really great with literature and stuff. And so I asked her to be my sponsor to take me through the work. And that was going well until I have stressful things coming up and my first impulse is still to call my previous sponsor. So I think that, I feel like the nature of sponsorship is really dynamic, but also um, you can't, you can't expect your sponsor to fill every single role for you. Um, you know, and I learned that with, with my most recent sponsor. Like, she is an amazing woman. She's a good friend. She knows the lit. Um, but, but I feel like I already have this other support system to reach out to when I'm struggling. And so it doesn't have to be my sponsor at this point. Um, and something that I my sponsor taught me is while I was calling her for those 30 days... Like I said, there were times that she wouldn't answer the phone, and so I'd have to check in with her voicemail saying, hey, this is Cole, um, I'm kind of falling apart right now, don't know what to do, I need some guidance, and that gave me an opportunity to build more relationships in the, the rooms. And so when my sponsor wouldn't answer, I would call Katya, or I would call another brother or sister in recovery and just kind of talk about my feelings. Um, and so her not answering the phone actually broadened my recovery circle and I can list off at least 20 people right now that I could call if I'm having a bad day and that's that's something I'm super grateful for other people need that needy I need you to tell me and justify or uh, validate all my feelings and that's I feel like that's not what a sponsor is supposed to do a sponsor is supposed to just guide you through the steps mm -hmm. be that fundamental person that you can call whenever you're having a shitty day, but also guides you into the direction of growing your spiritual recovery family. Yeah, I agree. So. Um, and I think back to when I was really, really, really new in recovery, you know, I had no concept of what recovery looked like or could look like or should look like or how I fit into it. And so at that time, you know, I really leaned on my sponsor to just kind of like um, help me feel less scared and so the way that I sponsor women now is I try to like nudge them to stay after the meeting and talk to other women um, to try to build any kind of like rapport with women in the program and also to to just offer guidance with like spiritual principles or you know um, relate my personal experience with what the steps have done for me and um, I find myself not really giving advice at all because like you said, people aren't going to want to hear what you tell if you're telling them what to do. Um, so it's just like a gentle guy. But, you know, so that's the way I sponsor. I'm just like gentle with it. I try to like relate it back to my own experience. But when I was in early recovery, I absolutely needed to be told what to do. I needed to be told, don't quit your job because you're fighting with your boss. That's a bad idea because I was all gung ho about quitting my job. <laughs> I, I think we've all been there. <laughs> it's like we have one disagreement with someone, and it's like it's the end of the world. What are we going to do? Um, but yeah, like that's, and I was the same way. Like I needed that hard structure and someone to tell me when I'm messing up, or someone that tells me that I'm being an asshole. Because um, that happens a lot. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and 
I mean, for over this last summer, I uh, wanted to go, or I wanted to go through the Narcotics Anonymous steps, and I picked uh, some. I picked someone to guide me through those steps, and it was like that softer, gentler approach, and I I couldn't hang with it. I needed that hard structure, and if any of you guys know me on a personal level and you know who my sponsor is, you'll be you you know how on top of her like she's like the baddest bitch I've ever met in my life um but no uh disrespect to the individuals that I tried having me take me to the narcotics anonymous steps but it wasn't quite the fit for me and people in recovery think that once they pick a sponsor they have to stay with that sponsor and that's not the case that is not that the is case, not the case. <laughs> um because you might see what someone in the meeting and think that they're like this the actual vision for you um, and, but when you start working the program and they don't meet the expectations or your needs in the way that you need for recovery, it's okay to say, you know what, this isn't working out. And it's absolutely okay. Else. Yeah. It's not a till death do us part kind of relationship. It's a, I need help and I'm going to, you know, seek the avenues that I'm going to get the help. And sometimes that'll be a person for a little while. And then it's okay if, if you need another kind of help from another person. Um, that's absolutely okay and the best way to figure that out is to just really immerse yourself in recovery and try to like get to know people um, you know their their personalities and the way that they sponsor and the way that you can relate to them um, and these these opinions will all change and evolve over time and that is absolutely okay absolutely honesty is the key here being honest with yourself and being honest with your sponsor, the people around you, um, you know, to just just take a minute and like sit and take stock of like what you are wanting, what your needs are, and as you start to meet those needs, you know, see how they evolve. You just have to be honest with yourself and then be honest with your sponsor if you need to look for a new one. Absolutely, and that brings you into like working a fourth step with your sponsor, um, and. I remember when I was doing my four step, I had probably like seven, eight pages of Oof. yeah, was, <laughs> yeah, of people that did me wrong, people that I had uh, resentment resentment against, um, things that I felt were unfair, and I just remember sitting down and like pulling all of my guts out on the coffee table and saying, look, this is my mess of a life that I've been living. And my sponsor looked at me and she's like, okay, and? And like that judgment-free, super compassionate um, feeling that she gave me of not caring about what happened in my past, but how we're going to fix my past and move forward. And mm-hmm. I feel like when you can get to that level on a sponsorship and like be comfortable and on it and live an honest program with your sponsor um that's like where your real step work and your real recovery will start to grow because i mean there there's things that i've done in my addiction and in my alcoholism where i have maybe told four people about um because and one of them being my sponsor and one of them being you um but the f- coming to a safe space where you can process those emotions and know that that isn't who you are in your past mm. and then having the confidence that you can grow from your mistakes is something that I value like more than anything. Um, believe it or not, I used to be kind of a 
for lack of better words, a butthole. Huh? I, I'm trying to keep it PG-13-ish. Um, You're still a butthole. <laughs> I, I, I can still be a butthole, absolutely. <laughs> but there's things that I've done in my past that I, I'm definitely not proud of, and I'm super grateful for the fact that I've got my my close circle of my sponsor, Katia, and a couple other brothers and sisters in recovery that meet me where I'm at and just want to see me grow. Um, but I couldn't have gotten to that point with these people without living that rigorously honest life and uh, being honest with myself. I mean, we can live in uh, self-denial all we want, but at the end of the day when you're sleeping in bed and those thoughts of anxiety and depression start to kick in, um, it, it's it's almost a recipe for disaster if you're not willing to be rigorously honest. Yeah, the relationship with a sponsor is definitely sacred, especially when you guys are working those steps together. Um, like like Cole said, you know, when he was sharing his fourth step, he was just divulging this really, really deeply buried nitty gritty and finding acceptance through it. Uh, when my sponsor took me through the steps, um, there was so much shame and guilt and just like reluctance to talk about it. And my sponsor was so gentle and he just was absolutely accepting of everything. And he would relate a lot of my trauma to, to his own life and his own story. And um, just finding that acceptance, oh my gosh, it was just like the biggest weight falling from my shoulders to realize that I'm not alone and I'm not a horrible person and I have value and I can get better. Um, discovering the hope that I can improve and change was was just it was the sun coming back into my life and I wouldn't have had that had I not been willing to work the steps and it doesn't really matter what fellowship you work the steps through um, and it doesn't even matter if you're in recovery or not honestly the 12 steps um, are they don't have to be substance abuse related. I think that their their focus is on um, identifying values, identifying the areas that we want to change, um, making amends for the harm that we've caused, and just making the intention to be a better person every single day, and then helping other people to be better themselves. So like, the steps are absolutely universal and um, having a trusted sponsor take you through them is sacred. Absolutely. And like my relationship today with my sponsor is, it's kind of humorous now because whenever I call her, I always send out this disclaimer. Now listen, just hear me out. <laughs> hear me out for three seconds. That's you wanting her to co-sign your bullshit. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so when I give her this great idea of, I am going to quit my job because someone made me mad or I'm going to move across the country or this, that, the other. You're looking at me like... It's funny that you gave that as an example, <laughs> given that that's the decision you're currently contemplating. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and she'll, or she'll, like listen, she'll listen to me um, talk about my stuff and then she'll be like, okay, so have you prayed about it? Mm. And like will always hit me with that first... Uh, almost like a gut check um, <laughs> reply like have you prayed about it and now that is also Cole's absolute first response to anything that I tell him that I'm like I don't know what to do and he's like well have you prayed about it and I roll my eyes 
And I'm like, of course not. <laughs> because it's true. Like that meditation and prayer value in any big life decisions that we make, you know, I mean, if I were using and I was going to make something dramatic, like a dramatic change, I would definitely just go get high, go get drunk. And then that self or that thought of um, self-awareness and uh, consciousness just goes out the window yeah, and I'll just make I want what I want when I want it and that's all that matters yes. nothing else exists <laughs> exactly um and so it's I just love the space that we have because she will call me, like I said will call me on my bullshit won't co-sign my bullshit and will always lead me in the direction of what I need to do she won't ever just tell me what I need to do she'll just kind of guide me saying well have you prayed about it have you thought of all your options what are your intentions mm. and um that's a great question. The what are your intentions? intentions? Yeah. That's such, such a great motive checker every single time. Because then, I, and then I, I kind of got smart with her for a second because she'll see, okay, what are your intentions for moving across the country? Is it for some girl? And I'm like, oh, uh, of course not. <laughs> I'm going to get a job in recovery. I'm going to solve the East Coast uh, epidi or opiate epidemic and go share the light of my own recovery to all these people and then she'll come back with saying so where's your recovery how are you going to build someone else's recovery Ooh. when you haven't built your build your own so she always challenges my ideas and i and that's definitely what i need is someone to challenge what i think is a great idea so oh it's great yeah that's she, great she is definitely an amazing sponsor so um <laughs> you're very very lucky I have one friend <clears throat> who, you know, has really had a tumultuous time in recovery and um, just trying to take her under my wing and take her to some meetings and give her recovery advice. She's like, but wait, wait, wait. My other, my previous sponsor told me not to do that. And I was like, wait, what? Like she was suggested not to share in a meeting for her first 30 days. And I was mad. I was so mad about that because I was like, we need to hear your message just as much as you need to hear ours, and if not more. And anyway, so she told me all of these things that our sponsor had told her not to do that went absolutely against my opinions. And then I had to realize that <laughs> all of us are human beings, and everything that we impart to our sponsees or you know are our opinions. Um, so that leads me back to the initial thought: like, what is the boundary of <laughs> how much do we offer? How much do we? suggest and guide and coerce or you know um and this is a question that I don't have the answer to yeah something that my sponsor told me is why change anything that has worked for you so like when she was guiding me through the steps um she made like I said she made me call her for 30 days she suggested actually talking and sharing in a meeting picking up a service commitment finding a network of of recovery community people and those are just like the i think kind of go on a basis of like a standard line of what you should say suggestions. to all yep. suggestions that you should give your sponsees um and when i've had one of my first sponsees i wanted to go up and beyond and all overboard and like give them all of this spiritual guidance and this that the other and in a way it just wasn't it didn't work obviously it didn't work out because they're no longer a sponsee of mine but um they they couldn't process everything that I was trying to mm. trying to hold on to, mm -hmm. and so that bring so when I started uh, picking up new sponsees, um, I kept it simple, you know, kept it simple and did exactly what my sponsor taught me, 
and uh, kind of like a little side note with that, there's a lady who plays on my silver softball team, a freaking rock star in the rooms, uh, very spiritually fit and just amazing. And she and I were talking one day at one of our games, and I said, you know what, where did you learn all of your like spiritual guidance or whatever and come to find out we both have the same sponsor ah. <laughs> and i mean i love that and so it like it like dawned on me like no wonder it resonated with you yeah it's like <laughs> this makes sense and so like whenever i can't get a hold of my sponsor i call up her because she's i love that she's my sister in recovery you know I like yeah and so just keeping it simple um do the same like the steps have been in the for generations and for years on, I don't, I can't think of the exact time. It's like a hundred years, I don't know. A hundred, it's fine. <laughs> um, but the steps have been around for so long, why try to change it, you know? Just yeah. keep it simple. Yeah, the formula for recovery is definitely already laid in place. And we don't have to reinvent the wheel. As much as we want to, I go through periods of ego where I'm like, I have all of the answers and I can fix all of the problems. <laughs> and if you would just listen to me, I will fix your problems. And you know, that that's me taking on way more power than is for me to take on. And my those are times when my ego needs to be checked. We have Captain Savaho Katia over here. <laughs> Where's my cake? <laughs> and and that's another thing like one of the first things my sponsor told me is like stop being captain save a hoe yeah because we want to fix and we want to like make everything better and make ourselves feel much better in the process about exactly ourselves. exactly and that that kind of almost uh blurs the lines of like whether it's being actual of being of service or us just trying to like ego search everything uh -huh. so yeah. <laughs> yeah, feeding our ego is a big old demon that is probably a good topic for another day. Oh, ego yeah. and recovery. Yeah. That'll be another episode. Heck yeah. Well, thank you for your time tonight, Katya. Appreciate you. Thanks for your time, Cole. I appreciate the crap out of you. Oh, the crap. Like, I'm trying not to swear. Oh, I said bullshit <laughs> like 20 times. It's fine. Anyway. Just um, because you did doesn't mean I need to. Way to set the example. I love that for you. <laughs> All right, let's uh, end with a moment of silence for the addict and alcoholic that still suffers in and out of these podcast rooms. And then let us close with the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity, serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. difference.